up, NBA fans? You already know what we're covering this week. It has to be Anthony Davis, who has announced that he is not signing an extension with the Pelicans, and he is requesting a trade um, from the team. So this week, we're covering Anthony Davis, the trade rumors. How did the Pelicans get here? Possible trade scenarios for Anthony Davis. And a little bit hidden is the all-star starters that were announced just a, a week ago, but have obviously been overshadowed with the news of Anthony Davis alongside any other possible headlines in the NBA this week. Um, so just to get things started, Sean, here's a trivia question about for you. is How many times in Davis's career has he played 70-plus games? And the reason I, I asked this question is because this is going to have a little bit to do of how this all um, how this this is a little tiny piece that added up to what transpired uh, just a couple days ago with Davis asking for a trade. All right, Alan. How many times in his career did he play 70 plus games? I know he's been in the league for what yeah. seven or eight years right now. Let's see, six. Yep, uh, seven years. Seven, seven years. years. Yeah, and I know he's a pretty injury-prone guy. And trivia questions always have a surprising answer, so I'm gonna go with zero. Zero. Zero oh, times. That was a little. T- I wasn't trying to. Trick you, you oh, here. you were trying to punk me. <laughs> I thought you. Were I was to punk a little me. bit. <laughs> a little bit. But I mean, there is always there. You're right. There is always um, a trick to these or uh, something that's that's gonna throw you off. But um, d- so Davis in his seven year career has only played 70 plus games twice in 2016 and 2017 Um, so he has been an injury prone star and that's a point we'll touch on a little bit later when we talk about how the pelicans got to this point where they have to essentially trade away their franchise player right (laughs) before we talk about that let's just go an overview of what basically has gone down so anthony davis 25 years old requested this trade from the pelicans and basically i was trying to find another player uh, another trade request that kind of matched the magnitude of this. And the only one that I think comes close is back in 1974, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar requested a trade from the Milwaukee Bucks because he no longer wanted to be here. (laughs) And that year, Kareem averaged 30 points and 14 rebounds, kind of close to Anthony Davis's 29 points and 13 rebounds. Wow. Um, And, I I mean, I was thinking about uh, Kawhi Leonard's trade demand last year or um, Kevin Garnett's back in in the early mid two thousands, as well as Kobe Bryant's, um, and I still think Anthony Davis trumps all those trade requests in terms of like the magnitude of player that he is at this point. What do you think of Sean? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna compare, yeah, overall talent, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the only one that can really level with Anthony Davis right now. I I would say yeah. for as far as twenty five year olds though. One guy, he's not on Anthony Davis's level, but an equal magnitude of news maybe is Kyrie Irving. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I did think about Kyrie Irving, but I, Kyrie Irving just is still not, I think, and wasn't at that time a top five player in the league. No, no, and maybe not even top ten. But yeah. yeah, as far as like a young guy requesting a trade from basically like being one of the guys on his team. Um, right. being a superstar in the league um at least and in my who, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and a guy who hasn't even hit a ceiling yet you could argue totally yeah yeah i mean and anthony davis uh we don't even know if this is his ceiling i mean this guy's been playing incredible throughout his career when he's been healthy 
Um, but yeah, has no intention of signing this contract extension with the Pelicans now. And I feel like there were rumblings about this leading up to this moment right now where we we're always wondering how long Anthony Davis was going to stick it out in New Orleans. Uh, we thought yeah. that he might be there to stay if him and DeMarcus Cousins could make it work. Um, obviously, some bad luck there with DeMarcus Cousins getting that brutal Achilles injury, which derailed that completely. Um, and they actually built a solid lineup around him this year that I, I thought was one of the strongest lineups going into the season, um, only mm-hmm. to fall to injury. And yeah. now all leading up to looking like probably Lakerland coming up pretty close. Yeah, that's that's where the conversation seems to be gearing. But, I mean, here's the detail is Anthony Davis is re- is going to reject a five-year, $240 million extension. Uh, basically, the super max, quote-unquote, that is – is um offered by two NBA superstars like Anthony Davis. I and mean, that's the surprising thing is this detail. Um I mean no other team can give him this amount of money that he gets traded to. So the fact that he's rejecting that I think is speaks magnitudes, at least a little slap in the face to the NBA and the collective bargaining agreement that the owners um agreed to. Yeah, it's kinda of sad to see it like this Supermax was made so that like these franchises would be able to keep their stars longer, especially some of these mm-hmm. small market teams that they could compete a little bit against the, the big market teams if they're able to secure one of these big talent guys. But I think there's a quote from Baron Davis I saw earlier today that's like, I would take half the money to live in L.A. over New Orleans. And this is coming, yeah. Yeah, coming from a guy that, yeah, that's, that's been in both of those cities and knows, knows what it's about. And, you know, I'm inclined to agree with him. I think, state like just like quality of life is such an important thing for like any of these guys and the supermax isn't enough to keep them around yeah it's interesting that baron davis said that because i don't think he had a good time at least as a player in la for the clippers <laughs> i mean he must have had a good time <laughs> off the court yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so that that that's quite the quote for it to have come from him because he had great basketball success as a Hornet and with the Clippers, I mean, he was on the tail end of his career, but um, yeah, he was he did not experience much playoff success there. But uh, the New Orleans Hornets, I mean, Pelicans, anyways, they're quick on the quick on the trigger to get rid of Davis or at least sort of uh, move on from him with a little pettiness, you could say. So <laughs> they removed him from the Twitter cover photo on their profile. Uh, they actually even removed him from the in in arena intro video that they show people. Um, audience and of course the NBA also fined Anthony Davis fifty thousand dollars for come for going public with this trade via his agent Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. <laughs> what right. do you think about all this? Well, I mean, yeah, that's also a part of it. the Pelicans were the ones that requested that the NBA look into the tampering, the possible tampering that he could be going into this whole thing coming to light, and it, it's crazy because this is a guy that like could be there until the off season like he could feasibly not be traded at the trade deadline and then be playing for yeah. this team for the next three four months so i i mean i don't know i think it's a little premature like take him out like right when he gets traded but don't do it when he's still part of the team yeah this is interesting just in that this has happened before the trade deadline so the trade can obviously happen but it's happened just what two weeks three weeks after we hit the halfway point into the nba season so there's still a lot of basketball games to be played um and the players on the squad on the pelicans i feel like they didn't really react the way i thought they would so it makes me think that this has been in the plans 
or at least Davis has discussed this with some of these guys maybe like months, months ago, <laughs> like six months ago as far as that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it seems crazy. like players players just don't really seem to have a problem with it. They're like, well, I guess, and I guess it makes sense. You know, you want the best for um, a friend of yours or a teammate. Yeah, I don't know. And this fine, this fine is so laughable too. 50K? Yeah. Like, oh no, not $50,000. I could make two hundred forty million potentially. <laughs> and you're gonna find me fifty thousand dollars. What kind of punishment is this? Yeah, it's pennies. Oh. I mean, I think it's the NBA has to like do a, something. They have to come down somehow. But I mean, everybody knows yeah, this. Yeah, it's such a formality. You know, it's like yeah, this means nothing. Yeah. So I think the quite the best question here to be asked is how did the Pelicans get to this point? Where did they fail or did they fail Anthony Davis? And I ran through um, quite different things to try to pinpoint uh, what exactly went wrong here. And there's a couple of things. There's two, I think, two themes you can talk about here is either the Pelicans were in the wrong, made horrible moves, or was it just bad luck that kind of has all added up to this moment uh, that we are in today. So first I'll start because most of the blame always goes to ownership when bad things happen within a franchise. <laughs> and looking at the Pelicans, their ownership history, at least in the Anthony Davis era, is pretty complicated or not as straightforward. So David, so the, the Pelicans were sold. They couldn't get a buyer, so the NBA ended up holding them. Um, and the NBA infamously vetoed that Chris Paul trade. <laughs> oh, and then man. later they f- they found a buyer, and that buyer was a man by the name of Tom Benson, who also owns the, the New Orleans Saints. Now, Tom was a little bit on the older side. <laughs> so he bought the Pelicans in 2012 and then died in 2018 oh, wow. at the age of 90. Um, and it gets complicated there because I didn't know all this. But actually, he originally legally passed his uh, passed the inheritance of the teams over to his sons and daughters. Um, and then later on his deathbed, as he was dying, um, he mentioned that he verbally said that the ownership should go to his wife, oh, uh, Gailey Benson. And there was a huge legal battle over whether or not he was mentally uh, capable of making that legal um, inheritance change. Um, but the courts deemed it legal, so... The ownership is now officially in the hands of his wife, Gail Benson, who owns the Pelicans and the New Orleans Saints. And there's been quotes going around that uh, Anthony Davis had a problem with the way um, uh, sort of attention and resources were dedicated more towards the Saints as opposed to the Pelicans. Interesting. The Saints almost made it to the Super Bowl, though. So, I mean, can you really blame them? That's true. That's true. So there's that. So the ownership... Yeah, not as straightforward, and it's kind of lacking. And now let's move on to some of the bad signings this team has made because it has made some. <laughs> First one, Solomon Hill. Second, Omar Asik. Uh, the third is Ale- Alexis Ahinka. Oh. And the fourth was Tyreek Evans. Um, <laughs> and here's an interesting one, too, is draft picks. When you look at the drafts for this Pelicans team, they've lost three consecutive first-round picks in the trades that they made for Evans, Asik, and Drew Holiday. So they've only had two draft first-round draft picks in the era of Anthony Davis. That's Austin Rivers Ooh. and Buddy Heald. Uh, Buddy Heald turned so out to be an here? okay player. The, Drew. Some of these signs aren't as bad as they seem. Like Tyreek Evans, he turned out to be a pretty decent player. 
and mm-hmm. getting a first round trading a first round pick for Drew Holiday who's turned out to be a really good player that's panned out pretty well for them but yeah, yeah I mean this doesn't seem too out of the ordinary for me I feel like every team's gonna have their bad signings um you, you could look through all of them and be like who are these random nobodies you gave five million dollars to like whatever but yeah um, I, I mean uh, what frustrates me is on the flip side, they signed Julius Randle for two years, $18 million. Once That's DeMarcus true. Cousins got hurt last year, they went and signed Miritich from the Bulls. They traded him for him from the Bulls and kept themselves playoff relevant that year. And now you brought in Alfred Payton, who, well, if he was able to stay healthy, would be a decent point guard for this team. And it just frustrates yeah. me to see that the signings that are good are just being overshadowed by these bad ones because of injuries and whatever um, that could have made this team actually competitive. And I think you hit the nail on the head here, Sean, and that's my next point is injuries. <laughs> when you look at this team and throughout the Davis era, I mean, I hate saying that as if it's over because it's technically yeah, not, it's not over, over yet. Not, <laughs> yeah, let's not be Andrew Wiggins at the <laughs> press conference talking about Jimmy Butler like he's gone. Right. I mean, um, which happened anyway, but yeah. either way. <laughs> yeah, either way, he still ended up playing what 20 something games with the man Uh, but (laughs) that's besides the point anyway so injuries I think injuries nails the head here within that era and I mean Anthony Davis um we just mentioned has only played only played 70 plus games twice and that was the last two years Uh, early on in his career he had injuries um Drew Holiday missed an entire year Mm -hmm. while he was on the Pelicans and missed a whole string of games um that next year um, Eric Gordon, um, one of the guys who was supposed to be a key piece for this team way back, uh, also missed um, entire seasons and a right. good bulk of games. And then uh, DeMarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, we know the story there. Oh, man, yep. And now today we're talking Alfred Payton, Nikola Miritic, and Julius Randle. So I think to me, the Pelicans, I'm not sure that ownership is to blame. I think the ownership has just not <laughs> been there. Right. Um, Dell Demps, I think he made aggressive moves that haven't really panned out the way he wanted them to. Um, Austin Rivers not really being the star player they wished. Uh, Drew Holiday, though, has been good. Tyreek Evans, gone. Um, some of these signings weren't as well as you thought. But to me, I think it comes a little bit down more to just bad luck. Right. It's just one of those things. It's like I feel like you can't really control what's happened to the Pelicans. Uh, and it's too bad. I mean, I look at ticket prices for some of these games sometimes, and I seen like home games for New Orleans against like decent teams for three bucks. You get <laughs> you can get a Pelicans ticket for three bucks sometimes. You see Anthony Davis for like the quarter of a price of going to see like the new Spider Man movie. <laughs> like that's pretty it, funny. That's absolutely <laughs> insane to me. Like, I just don't understand how, like, that star player, like, this, it's because of stuff like this happening, like, a star player of his caliber can't even save this small market team from having to give, basically give their tickets away for free. Yeah, and, and, I mean, that's another piece of the puzzle, too. I mean, if you don't want your star players to go, well, then show up to the stadiums, I mean. Yeah. Show up and watch your player. Um, But also, to the other point of injuries, it's like, it just kind of stinks that the the core that that has been attempted to be put together around Davis just hasn't been able to stay on the court long enough, really. Um, yeah. So, so what what do you think, Alan? Before we start getting into some of these trade scenarios, do you think he's gone before the deadline? I ultimately think he's not. Um, I think it kind of. 
I don't think this is why. And uh, this is another point to touch on regarding the Davis trade is the Pelicans aren't going to see their best offer in the next coming Mm -hmm. weeks. I think they're going to see their best offer in the summer. And I think we can all guess as to why. And that's because that's when the Boston Celtics can put their best offer on the table. Um, And like you were touching on earlier, the Pelicans don't have to trade Davis. It doesn't matter what he says, him and his agent. <laughs> there, he's still contra- He still has to play for this team. We still have um, like a good yeah. 30%, 40% of this season left to go. Yeah, he's still under contract this year and next year. They don't even have to trade him this offseason if they didn't want to. This is true. This is true. He can be there, yeah, next year. And, I mean, I don't think you can ultimately change his mind. I don't think you go you go back from this. But if you wanted to, hey, let's just hold up until we get the best offer on the table. And the best offer is not going to happen until the Celtics can, by NBA rules, finally um, offer a trade in the summer. So I'm not sure if you know what the Derrick Rose deal um, uh, rule is here, Sean. Do you Are you aware of it? So I think you've probably done the best job of breaking it down here that I've seen. I've only heard any other people say, this is so complicated – but just trust me, they're not allowed to trade with the Celtics until the <laughs> offseason because they have Kyrie Irving. But yeah, you it, got break you've broken this down pretty well. So why don't you go through this and explain it to the rest of us? Okay. There is no basic way or really the best basic way of breaking it down other than just listing a bunch <laughs> of stuff. So this is my attempt of uh the best, easiest way I think to understand this rule. So um, there's a couple of things to understand. So a player has to, fo- if a player falls in a certain category, um, you cannot have two of those players in that same category um, in the same season. Uh, and that's the Derrick Rose deal. And this is named after Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose basically hit all was the first, not the first player, but the player to hit all these qualifiers when this rule was intacted. So here are the qualifiers to make this player fall into this category. So if a player is named MVP in the first four seasons of his career, um, if a player is, or if a player is a two-time defensive player of the year between his second and fourth season, or if a player was twice an All-NBA in the first uh, four seasons of his career, um, that player is then eligible to be given a 30% of the cap max deal. So the best player of that example right now is Kyrie Irving of the Celtics, hence why the Celtics can't make that trade. Kyrie Irving hits one or more of these um, criteria points, so he is considered a player of the Derrick Rose deal. So Anthony Davis also hits all the points of this criteria, so that's why the Celtics cannot have both Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis on the same team because they are both eligible for this max contract deal this summer so the way you get around this is in the summer uh, as soon as july 1st hits uh, the celtics have to sign kyrie irving to a new contract whether that be the supermax or whatever amount once he's officially signed with the boston celtics then that the then the celtics can make a trade uh for anthony davis okay i have some questions <laughs> okay i don't know <laughs> if you can answer them so the only reason they can't have both on the team right now is because they just acquired Kyrie in a trade last year. No, it's no. Like, um, is that why? Like, what if they drafted two guys that fell under these criteria? Then could they have them that, both on the same team? I think so. That would be the. I think that would be the only loophole. There is you if you had both players on the same team. So you're not so allowed yeah. to just trade. 
for another player that falls exactly. under these criteria. You have to just have them already. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the reason for this is to stop teams from basically acquiring cheap um, talent before they're eligible for that super max. I would hardly call Anthony Davis very cheap. <laughs> Boston's um, going to yeah. offer the house for him, man. Exactly. I mean, cheap relative to uh, the the contract that they currently have uh, to the level of play they, they have. I mean, you can make mm. the argument that um, Anthony Davis is on a cheap contract because considering he is a top five player in the NBA. That's, I had no idea that this type of rule existed. Is this yeah, like mean, a fair play kind of rule, like a like keep things competitive kind of rule? Exactly. It's supposed to stop a team um, who has cap space from making trades to get uh, a guy like Kyrie Irving, who isn't who's a su- who's playing like a super max player, but isn't on that contract yet, or mm. Anthony Davis as well. Um, sort of to stop teams from acquiring young players like that. Uh, I mean, it's which is essentially what the Warriors have right no, now. I was, was going to say, I wish this deal applied <laughs> for Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's like, how did how did that not apply? How did it not apply for Demarcus Cousins, man? Yeah. Oh. Okay. But the key thing, the key thing here is that you just cannot have these two players the year that they're eligible if they're, they're eligible getting, for this contract. Yeah, okay. Which they both are. So had Kyrie Irving signed an extension this summer. Uh, then the Celtics would have been able to make this trade oh, for so Davis. So that's what's holding it up because Kyrie could potentially still leave. Exactly, Dang. and he's eligible for that super max. Um, so I did my best there, and I hope this this kind of at, le- at least brightens helped me. up. I, I feel yeah. better about it. I, ho- I hope everyone else does too. But yeah, now we can start going into the fun stuff, which is all the different trade scenarios that we've come up with for the teams we think are most likely – to land Anthony Davis before the trade deadline. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll go into what the Celtics can offer too in that, in this list here, because I mean, that's going to be a great package as well. Yeah. So let's, let's start off with the most likely landing spot. Um, he, he basically is already wearing this uniform, the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> um, I don't want to speak too soon. Um, even though we've already kind of mentioned it a few times. Uh, I mean, we don't want to bring up any Paul George, bad voodoo. Yeah, magic exactly. going, But the Lakers seem like, the spot that Anthony Davis wants to go, if not now, uh, definitely when his contract expires in 2020. Uh, what can the Lakers offer? What, what's the best offer you could come up with for this for the Lake Show for Anthony Davis? So, as a Laker fan, I want to try to get this guy on the cheap, like a low ball <laughs> offer. Oh, <laughs> that is the dream scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen, but I mean, if it were, here is my low ball oh, dream scenario: <laughs> is you go Lance Stevenson, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and a first round pick, Ugh. or. <laughs> Or even lower. Even this is like almost insult, I think, offer. But <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't, I don't recommend Magic makes this. I offer, don't but even like the one you just said. <laughs> Stevenson, Kuzma, Zubak, um, and any first rounder. Those are and the you two have the audacity ball to keep offers. Ball and Ingram with that deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's like if they get desperate, somehow no other team makes a better offer, and we lowball them. That's the dream. Those are the two dream trades that I would love to see go down. That probably won't happen. So this is what it really is probably going to be. Uh, This is kind of like middle ground low ball offer. Rondo, Stevenson, Kuzma, Ingram, any first rounder uh, for Davis. Um, What's probably going to have to go on the table for in order to beat the Celtics, if it comes down to that, is going to have to be Lonzo Ball, Lance Stevenson, Kyle Kuzma, 
Brandon Ingram, and alongside uh, any first rounder, which probably will be one or two, which I'm going to guess is probably going to be two gonna be first two rounders. Picks, yeah. So the interesting thing is that Lonzo Ball came out saying that if he is in the trade conversations, he doesn't want to play for the Pelicans, who already have an established point guard. He of wants course a, he'd say that. Yeah, he wants a third team involved like the Magic or the Suns that need a starting point guard, uh, which complicates things quite a bit. Um, if you're the Lakers, yeah. you really have to get on the phone, uh, which is hard to do because Del Demps reportedly isn't even picking up the phone at this point <laughs> um, to try to yeah. get this complicated deal going that the Lakers would have to do if they did want to include Ball in this package. But, um, but as, yeah, as far as like all the guys that you listed, I think that's what it's going to take. And... Honestly, it just I don't even know if it's enough. Yeah, that's the scary part. That is the scary. But back to the point of Lonzo Ball. If I'm the Lakers, who cares? <laughs> if, don't make it complicated. If you don't need to get a third team involved, don't get a third team involved. Last time I checked, Lonzo Ball doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract. <laughs> this is true. He goes where he goes. Yeah. And an important part of this is that the Lakers have to keep KCP uh, Condavius Caldwell Pope out of this deal so that, that he can be on the books until the end of the season so that they can sign another max player in the offseason like a Clay Thompson or a Kyrie Irving maybe. Exactly. And here's a complicated thing about KCP. Somehow this man managed to negotiate himself a no trade clause. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> How did he do that? So if you if KCP is willing to take one for the team, clutch sports and go to the <laughs> New Orleans, I, which I doubt that's going to happen. It's like you won't uh, even trade it. You're hard. going with half the team, so you might as well just pretend like you're still in the Lakers. Exactly, but I doubt that's going to happen, so that's why I, I went with Rondo and Stevenson in my trade scenarios. KCP, yeah. I think, is going to make things complicated, though his contract fits perfectly um, in any trade situation with for Davis. Right. I Ingram... Man, if if it, I think this deal does go down, I think it's because they're high on Brandon Ingram, because you know what Kuzma can give you, you know what Lonzo can be, but Ingram has just so much raw talent still. Like we yeah. still have no idea what his ceiling is. We know what he's capable of. We've seen flashes of it, but the inconsistency is there, and he's still yeah. very skinny. So yeah, he's a small guy. Yeah, that it's gonna be a tough selling point and. I don't think New Orleans is in any hurry to make the Lakers a championship contender. Like, exactly. I don't think that's their priority. And I don't think their priority is giving Anthony Davis exactly what he wants either. So, yeah. like, everyone th- seems to think that the Lakers are a done-and-set deal. But like we saw with Kawhi Leonard, you never know where these guys are going to go to. So, I think some of yeah, these other I teams know. that we listed might honestly be the team that he ends up going to for the next year and a half. That's the thing is the last couple um, scenarios like trade demands, Butler, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, and we've all we've gotten trades come way out of what I call left <laughs> field. Just like what the hell? Like you did not see that coming. Like and, right. and that's that's kind of how it happens. And maybe it's not so different here. Uh, so I guess this is our list of outside of the Celtics of our way out of left field uh trade situation so you got the Knicks here Sean yep. what, what do you see the Knicks <laughs> yeah possibly so the, offering? Kn- the Knicks have to offer their entire roster and their next five first round picks if they want any chance of getting <laughs> Anthony Davis <laughs> it's gonna be impossible for them no one they don't want anyone on this team except 
maybe Kristaps Porzingis, who we have yet to see take any floor action this year. We have no idea if he's mm-hmm. going to be the same player he was before, although he's very young. So there's hope that he's, he's going to return to be the same all-star caliber player he was last year. But yeah. it's going to take Porzingis plus... I, I don't even know. I don't even know who else um, you include. They don't want Tim Hardaway Jr. They don't want Ennis Cantor. They don't want, no. en- like, Courtney Lee. Like, no, no assets to really provide except for first-round draft picks that could potentially be Zion Williamson or another uh, superstar college player right now. Yeah, I mean, that'd be crazy if New York – like, if I'm Pelicans, I definitely want this year's first-rounder. Uh, possibly next year's or maybe a couple years beyond. Uh, but I would take Porzingis and then uh, just give me the multitude of guards you have: <laughs> Kevin Knox, Emmanuel Mude. Yeah, just add uh, all maybe the one guys. of these guys. Lonzo Trier, maybe even. Yeah, Lonzo Trier. I don't take Tim Hardway. No, but that would be miserable for Davis. You go, <laughs> you finish your year off playing alongside Ennis Cantor, Courtney <laughs> Lee. Because um, I think yeah. all those young guys are gone. Right, and and I think that like if the Pelicans were trying to just get revenge on Anthony Davis, sending him to the Knicks would probably be like the best they could do to satisfy yeah. that thirst. <laughs> and it would be we would we could possibly see the Knicks forfeit a game if they trade a bunch of those guard guys, being in just that they won't have enough players to put out in uniform. <laughs> yeah, it would take like that, that many game. guys for them to actually have a chance at getting Anthony Davis. Yeah, if, if you bundle it up with Porzingis and a bunch of guards, you're looking at at least three of those rookie rookie contracts or second year yeah. contracts on that to make the salaries and maybe, work. Maybe that means guys. they bring Ron Baker back into the roster if they have some empty exactly. slots. <laughs> get some Ron Baker, Anthony Davis dynamic duo yeah. action. You'd have to do something like that. <laughs> uh, but how about the Sacramento Kings here? Um, I guess their best offer at this point is. Zach Randolph, Marvin Bagley, Bogdanovic, a first rounder, or you can switch off Marvin Bagley and Bogdanovic with uh, Buddy Heald or uh, De'Aaron Fox. But I think if you're the Kings, your plan is probably to try to keep um, at least one of these young guys. Yeah, it would be pretty comical if Buddy Heald ended up going back to the Pelicans. Yeah. I think I think that'd be pretty funny. But I mean, trading away Buddy Heald for Anthony Davis, <laughs> just giving him back to them seems like a pretty damn good deal to me. Um, but. <laughs> As it goes, like the Kings, they have a lot of good young talent, but I think that's what they want to keep um, opposite from the Lakers because the Lakers are trying to build a star team. Um, and right. the Kings, if they give away their youth, they don't really have much else to build off of because they don't have that other star to pair with him. So it might right. not work and as well for them. So uh, yeah, this would be a long shot. For, yeah, and if you're the Kings, it's tough to bet on your brand equity, I guess, or your free agent appeal. Yeah, because um, historically it just has not been there, right? So yeah, I mean, I, you're looking at guys like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. It's like, are they? They might honestly be untradeable if I'm the Kings. Yeah, yeah. You're just so. you're just rebuilding the Pelicans at that point. If you're willing to give away those two guys plus Marvin Bagley, like you're just you're you're the Pelicans. You have no one else but Anthony Davis. Yeah, it's true. You got Cauley Stein, so at yeah. least Davis won't have to play center there. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one, I think, is an interesting one that you you don't really think is very possible, but the Toronto <laughs> Raptors, I think, because, man, they got Kawhi Leonard, and now now it's just time to get another one, you know? So, yeah, okay. Yeah, we got, I mean, and they have the young guys to pair 
um, to put in a trade for Davis to pair him up with Kawhi Leonard, um, Pascal Siakam, uh, having one of one of the most improved <laughs> one of the best uh, improved years uh, so far of all any NBA players. He's the front runner for most improved player of the year right now. Yeah, um, a guy OG Ananubi who hasn't gotten the playing time we expected him that yeah at the beginning of the season, but still has that potential. Um, still looks mm-hmm. like he could be a good player. And Serge Ibaka still playing really well, and he has a big contract that you can use to match up. Uh, maybe you can throw in a first round or two, which won't be that enticing for the Pelicans since you're the Raptors. But between the three guys there, like that's still some quality talent you're getting back. I think. Yeah, that's a that's a solid package. But I'm not that. If I'm the Pelicans, I don't see star or like second tier or third, maybe third tier star power here. Siaka maybe at some point, but. Man, I, I kind of like my way out of left field package here <laughs> a little bit more. I I really don't have any reason not to like this package. I think it's a solid one, but it just doesn't scream like an Anthony Davis package. No, um, it doesn't. It, yeah, so the the Portland Trailblazers here for you, huh? Yeah, so the Portland Trailblazers I think is one of the the far left field trade scenarios. I think it's I could see going down, and this is who I think could be in this package is uh, Joseph Nurkic. Um, Zach Collins, Alfredo Aminu, just ex- he's an expiring contract, and he ma- helps make that salary work. And a pair of first rounders here, um, Nurkic, uh, twenty four years old, and he's having a good season this year. I don't think we've seen the ceiling on this guy. He could possibly be a little bit better. Um, I think he's a great player right now. Zach Collins, a y- another young guy out of Gonzaga, uh, he put together a good a string of good playoff performances last year. Um, I think this guy will continue to grow into a solid NBA player. And uh, and then you get a pair of first rounders here. It doesn't have to be for now. It could be for well beyond. But I think I like this way out of left field trade here. I just, I cannot see Anthony Davis for this. It's just <laughs> like, I, I know, I know, I, I respect the effort that you put into this. And it is definitely out of left field. Um, Nurkic hey, is I mean, on you could a good throw deal. In Seth Curry here. You could throw in. Why Seth not? Curry. You know, you you, you could throw in a lot of players. You could throw in uh freaking what's his name? Three point Nick, uh, Stauskas? Nick Stauskas. Yeah, you could throw him in too. It it wouldn't add very much value, but like Nurkic is on a good deal. I'll give you that one. Yeah, like, he he's on great a great deal. Yeah, fantastic deal. Great for cap space. But man, I just. Like like you said with the Raptors, there's no, not even like second level star here. Like Nurkic is a third level star, best in my mind, and the other two yeah. guys are just role players. So I don't know. And then, like this one, I think the Bucks, the Bucks have some <laughs> great pieces, I, I, and they're reportedly willing to offer anyone outside of Giannis to pair him up with Anthony Davis. You got Chris Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez has yeah. been playing well. Um, uh, maybe you throw Thon Maker in there. Um, Eric Bledsoe for, for to uh be a point guard for this team that has just always injured. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that could be a solid one too. Yeah, I'd catch it catches my attention a little bit if you're talking Chris Middleton. Yeah, Middleton uh, with Thon Maker. Uh, maybe you could throw in Eric Bledsoe. The Pelicans give up another player here to make the salaries work a little bit better. So you get. Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Thon Maker back, and maybe a first rounder. 
That's a solid trade. It's a solid um, trade. It, I guess Giannis and Anthony Davis is the scariest concept. I, I think scarier than LeBron and Davis. Because Giannis and Gian- Davis, oh, yeah. you have them both in their primes for years. You, you can make the argument they're not even in their prime right. at 24. Yeah, you give them both five-year deals once their contracts are up, it's over. Like, that's the next dynasty right there. Yeah, if you think about it, though... <sighs> Who would you put her? So both of those guys would be sick. Could be could take up as much as sixty percent of the cap. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's totally fine. You can <laughs> sign Ron Baker. You can sign uh, Matthew Della Ladova or something. Like I I don't Patrick care. McCall. Man. Yeah, you can sign Patrick <laughs> McCaw. You can sign like freaking I don't I don't know. You can sign anybody. Emeka Okafor. <laughs> it doesn't you doesn't bring matter. Bring back Okafor. Yeah, bring back Okafor. Bring back like anybody man bring back jason terry yeah. <laughs> I, I i like that trade i like my blazers straight too um i'll t- i'll give you the raptors trade is is uh pretty good i'd give it a, a step below the blazers yeah, and Bucks trade. <laughs> but, <laughs> but ultimately I mean, ult- yeah it's this celtics trade that's gonna take the cake um mm-hmm. all kinds of drafts pick assets acquired from god knows where <laughs> i don't even know where how these things were acquired at this point how they continue to have them on top of top level young talent the likes of jason tatum jalen brown terry rogier marcus smart who just signed an extension um for a good deal um yeah. these are all players that they're gonna trump any deal any of these other teams can make yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, you compare Jason Tatum to anybody the Lakers could offer because I think they have the the best package of young guys outside of the Celtics. And right. I mean, I think anybody would take Jason Tatum. I mean, today uh, over Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Harder. I don't know, maybe Kyle Kuzma's in there, but Kyle Kuzma is also on the older side by by a couple years though. Right. So you can but- make, you make the potential argument. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's no older than Marcus Smart, though. So true. I mean, I, right. I like I like Kuzma, but man, you're looking at Terry Rozier, like seeing what he can do as a starting point guard. Um, Jason Tatum filling that three role for them that was before like Etwan Moore. So that's yeah. already an upgrade there. So you keep the team pretty competitive because you still have Julius Randle and Miritich on the team, um, and you had all these guys. Like I'd wait till the off season. Yeah, I mean, you get these guys alongside the players you mentioned and Drew Holiday at the point, Terry Rozier backing him up. Yeah. Or maybe you put... Or you put both of them out there, maybe even. Yeah, you could. This 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 team is probably no more different than what the Kings are right now. Right, and it's kind of like what... Uh, kind of what the Timberwolves did with Jimmy Butler, in a way. Like, they've kept themselves pretty competitive... Um, they're clawing their way up back over 500. Um, I think they're only a game below it right now, um, getting Covington and Sarich in that deal for Jimmy Butler and Jared Bayless um, filling in yeah. point guard right now very well for them uh, with injuries to Teague and Rose. So getting getting a bunch of quality players for your stars sometimes works out pretty well in the end if you're able to have good team chemistry. Right, and I hate to def- make a, a case for this trade because yeah. I don't want to see him go to the Celtics. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're talking about upside, I mean, not only is this a good set of quality young players and 
even the, and then you t- we bring in the draft picks. I mean, you could give oh, the Memphis right. pick of this year. Uh, you could give the Celtics pick for this. So you're getting two quality picks for this coming year. You could give those um, future future picks that the the Celtics have their hands on right now. Um, but outside of that, these quality players just have upside, and they have pretty good upside um, when talking about that compared. So do the Lakers players, but the argument of who has the greater upside is the Celtics right now based off the playoff uh, performances that Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier gave last year. Marcus Smart, solid starter this year. Jason Tatum continues um, the same, doing the same damage he did last year, this year. Right, and and you're talking about trading him to the East where you won't have to play against him as much, so you're not making the you're making the West less competitive so you can still compete for a playoff spot. All right, you trade Anthony Davis to the to the East, right? Yep. Ah, uh, man, I hate to it. Just <laughs> it just adds up, man. It's, yeah, it's this brutal. The, the, yeah, the Lakers just somehow have to get this trade uh, going. The conversation started before February sixth, the trade before that trade deadline on February sixth, but it's gonna be hard because the Pelicans they don't have to do anything. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They really don't like it. They still hold the power. They have the man for a year and a half still. So right. yeah, as for as much pressure as the media might be putting on them, Dell Demps can just sit on his sit on his couch uh, without with the TV on the Food Network or something, not watching any Sports Center, and, <laughs> right. and you know just uh, enjoy his life. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't answer any of these calls. Yeah, or Pelicans could like just get rid of their, their just get rid of Dell Demps and literally have nobody there to even answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, seriously, throw throw them on a remote island somewhere far away. Yeah, ultimately, do you do you see a trade going down before February six here? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to save our next podcast for that trade deadline though, so we can cover it all. Um, it's yeah. a little more than a week away. Yeah. We can do that. See, see how, see what yeah, happens here. Get some juicy. The, yeah, there, there will be trades that happen. Maybe not this one, but um, yeah, I think there, there's gonna be something that happens. It'll be, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I mean, this kind of shadows Marcus Saul and Mike Conley. Yeah, I think this might even lower their market value slightly because I don't think team. Because if this goes yeah, into teams the are summer, gonna give the house for Anthony Davis. They're not even looking at Conley and Gasol right now. And that nobody wants to let go of any of the, their potential trade assets. True, right? Man, a lot, yes. a lot of factors at play. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, we might see Marcus Saul and Conley get traded for cheap Ooh. in this this trade deadline. Man, that would be doing them dirty. Conley deserves better. He deserves a good trade. I agree. All right, yeah. let's go to the All Star starters who were just revealed. Uh, on the West Coast, you got Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. And Paul George. So no Anthony Davis in the starting lineup for the West. I wonder if that has to do with his injury, though. Yeah, probably. Probably. But still. But still, yeah. Paul George has been playing amazing. So I can't really take anything away from him. Uh, We can get a little bit more into him later. But he's deserving of this. And I'm not Mm -hmm. upset that Anthony Davis was snubbed for him. Especially because OKC has the better record. That's what All-Stars are based off of a lot of the time. Um, and the argument for these other four is not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, Paul George is playing some of the best basketball of his career. Arguably uh, the mean, best could, of his career. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I could re- I can respect this. Uh, little part of me is kind of like, what? But when you look at the numbers, and yeah. somebody's got to be left out. And 
Uh, Anthony Davis did lose some games here and there due to injury. His team is at the bottom of the standings. So, I mean, right. Paul George gets the knob here. Not to say that Anthony Davis is a bad player any, either. No. Uh, yeah, we're not saying he's a bad player. We're not saying Damian Lillard's a bad player. We're not saying Carl Anthony Towns is a bad player. It's just, yeah, no, there's only five starters. And, you know, yeah. Paul George is playing like a top five player in the West right now. Exactly. Um, and on the East, you got Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Giannis, Kawhi, and Embiid. So Kemba Walker getting that second guard spot there. That's the one that we were kind of like, who's going to get yeah. that? Um, he gets, Kemba yeah, Walker ended up getting gets it. that starting spot. And that, that is a great nod for this man. Um, really been underrated for a lot of his career. Finally seeing that true spotlight of being an NBA all-star starter. Um, that That's yeah. huge for this man's career. And, yeah, I think he deserves it. He deserves a max deal this year, uh, be it with Charlotte or whoever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, awesome for him. And, yeah, the rest of them are, are pretty self-explanatory again, you know. <laughs> yeah, so this is what happens when you take the power, the complete power away from the people is – you got all stars that make sense, right? But it's just like Doncic. <laughs> Doncic still had like the third most votes in the West or something. But again, it was only fifty percent went to the fans. So I mean, none of the coaches or players are gonna actually realistically vote Doncic as a top five player in the West right now. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, since it all goes uh, based off like coaching votes for the bench, he probably won't make it for that either. Um, but mm. he almost he had a shot. Yeah, his stock kind of has fallen the last two weeks a little bit. Um, when those votes were coming in, he was right in the heart oh, of man. His, uh, yeah. <laughs> his magic work. Yeah, that was great. But it's, it goes to show, like, the fan voting is just for fun, you know? I'm going to vote for the players I want to vote for. And the guys that are going to make it are still going to make it. But it gives me, like, <laughs> satisfaction as a fan knowing that, like, my vote was at least counted. That's true. Okay, that's a, that's kind of a fair point. But as a basketball <laughs> fan uh, of the yeah, game, of the game, I cannot I not stand to see Derrick Rose in that starting uh, lineup yeah. or a Dwayne Wade. <laughs> yeah. So the the draft will be uh te- what team Giannis versus team LeBron, right? Right. Yeah. So they'll they'll choose between the starters and then they'll pick uh based off the players that are uh counted as the reserves, um based off the coaches poll. Um, and that happens February 7th as well. So big February 7th. So we're definitely going to have our podcast on the 8th. Yeah. So the NBA is trying to take over that first half of February now. Um, yeah. Right the after su- the Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl be over. Yep. And then you go right into <laughs> the trade deadline, the all-star draft, and then ultimately the all-star weekend. Yeah. And then the chase for that Western Conference seating. Right. Begins. Yeah. So the, the well, real race, man. That's going to be fun. But yeah, talking yeah. more, talking a little bit about the trade deadline. Let's move into our big deal or forgetful section right here. Yeah. Um, starting off with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee have also been put on the trading block by the Knicks. <laughs> big deal or forgetful? <laughs> this is forgetful, man. We shouldn't be talking about. There's only one player. So in terms of being trades, Anthony Davis is 75 percent of the attention. Uh, the rest of that is between Mike Conley and Marcus Saul. Everybody else. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm sorry I even <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Luka Doncic talking about this guy uh, snubbed, I guess, from the All-Star <laughs> game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, he'll be participating in the skills challenge. Big deal or forgetful? Uh, yeah, forgetful. 
I mean, yeah, he's, yeah I, he. This is something that he yeah deserves to be in. Is a skills challenge. Yeah, I think he was gonna be in this regardless. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good that he's at least involved in the All Star Weekend and this and the Rising Star game. Exactly. How about Dennis Smith Jr. participating in the dunk contest? Love it. I love. I love it. More young talent to add to it. Um, last year he was one of the best high flying acts in the league. So, uh, expect more of the same. Yeah, I'm excited too. Let's see what he's got. Uh, hopefully we can they can put together a good dunk contest show here. Mm-hmm. And Seth Curry participating in the three point contest, and also Steph Curry, the older brother, accepting on the Woj podcast the invitation to compete against his brother, and also dropping a hint that maybe Del Curry, the father, <laughs> could also make an appearance. Oh, big deal or forgetful? Goodness. I'm interested. So I guess it's a little <laughs> bit of a big deal, but. It's ultimately like not that big of a deal. I'm um, just looking at this fact in and of itself. But leading into this next point, which I'm pretty heated about for some <laughs> reason, I don't know why. But this leads into my bigger point, which I think is a huge big deal. You might not think so, but this man, Spurs player Davis Bertons, gets absolutely snubbed from the three-point contest. League officials claiming he hasn't shot enough of them. As the reason for not including him. Well, check this, NBA officials. Davis Bertons leads the league in three-point percentage for qualified shooters at 49.2% on 187 attempts. You know how many Seth Curry has? 131. You know how much Dirk has? Dirk Nowitzki, (laughs) who is included in a three-point contest this year, is 49. And he's only made 14 of them. He's 28%. And you put him in it, and you don't put Davis Bertans, the best three-point shooter in the league, in this competition is absolutely rigged, conspiracy, (laughs) blasphemy. I'm sure there's a simple explanation for this. You probably just got to jump on the the phone call with league officials and sort this out. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even realize there was... Uh, I guess a quote-unquote reason for having people and not having people. I thought it was just kind of like if you get invited or you ask to want to be in it. I don't know. I just I guess I never really thought about the process that goes into choosing the people who compete at these things. There shouldn't even be a process. You just look at the stats. You're like, okay, who's the best three-point shooters this year? Put them in the three-point contest. This is I would, oh my god. I gosh. think that makes sense. It's just I mean, so much disrespect. No respect I would say, at all. I'd say it's kind of contradicting. I mean, ultimately, I think we'd probably we probably won't be talking about this in two months. We so won't. But I need I, I needed I needed to give some respect for this man. He he deserves I, it. I did not re- I didn't even know who Davis Burton's was. David, I hadn't heard of this yeah, guy. Three point I don't know specialist. How I three point specialist on the Spurs. Oh, I've seen some Spurs game, and somehow I didn't notice this guy. I'll I'll go I'll go big deal on here just because yeah. I I think it I think it is kind of question mark here yeah. what the what is the criteria for getting people into this three point contest because you're right you do want to see the best quote unquote three point shooters of this season there yeah unbelievable how uh, about another trade request <laughs> that uh, maybe did, was overshadowed by Anthony Davis the Thaw Maker <laughs> requesting a trade to a franchise that'll give him more minutes. Uh, big deal or forgetful? That's forgetful. Let's go to the next yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think it's funny he's requesting a trade to being as the Bucks were like one of the few franchises that actually believed in this guy at draft night. Yeah, drafted him I mean, high. 
Yeah, and gave him an NBA contract. So I think it's a little like, I uh, think disrespectful. I think for Thon Maker to be making these yeah, demands, like, but I mean, yeah, the he's Bucks a are playing so well right now. It's not like it's like they're not going to utilize you when the rest of their pieces are working so well together. Exactly. You, because essentially you probably are what this guy got called. So anonymous warrior <laughs> player calls Gordon Hayward a liability on both ends of the floor after Warriors beat the Celtics. Uh, big dealer for Geffel here. This is a, oh man, it's kind of a big deal. Like <laughs> it, I mean, the anonymous Warriors player is probably like Kevin Looney or something stupid, but <laughs> like it, it is like there is some truth to it. That like he yeah. has, he has had some like bad games. He's scored in single digits more often than not this year, which is just an absolute travesty for a guy that's been a bona fide scorer in this league. Um, made yeah. it to the all-star level and it, it's just painful to watch these pains of trying to come back from injury for this man and yeah 50 games in the season you thought he would have figured it out by now at least improved a little bit right He's had, he had like one or two 30 point games where like oh there there he is that's gordon hayward but yeah he's just having such a bad stretch right now yeah i think it's it's forgetful nothing new is offered here we know he's bad 30% shooting from the field, under 30% from three. Yeah. Not good. So forgetful for me, but the the, the idea that he's a bad liability, uh, I mean, that's kind of true to a degree. Yeah. So I think it's a big that, deal because it's just, deal. it reminds you, you know, that's like <laughs> this Gordon Hayward has been this year. It's going to take, it's going to take some, something crazy to bring him back to uh, the level he was at before. Yeah, maybe a good scare at that haunted hotel in Oklahoma City <laughs> oh. will bring him back to life. But uh, Kyrie Irving making a movie based off that haunted hotel in Oklahoma City where players, media members have all claimed to have seen paranormal uh, stuff go on and while, while staying the night here. What? Um, and Kyrie Irving making a movie off of that. So Uncle Drew is making a comeback into the horror genre. Wait. Big deal forgetful here. This is a real thing? This like is this a real is a thing. Real, he's making a real movie, and I could really watch it in a movie theater about a haunted hotel room in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Not today, but yeah, in the year oh or however long gosh. it takes him to make this movie. Oh, I I have not. Have you heard about this before? This hotel? I have not heard. Yeah, about I had it. heard about I'm, it. You hadn't heard about this? No, it was going around pretty. What? It was a big story back in um, what is it like the playoff series the. When Kevin Durant was still there, um, it was it was a quite a big story of teams when they would stay there during those playoff series. They claimed they saw. I can't remember what? anybody specifically. I'm gonna have to look uh, this up. I can't believe this is real. You didn't know. I mean, the stories no. have kind of died out the last two, the last year, last year, and the year before that. Yeah, nothing really came out. But that playoff series, that last year Durant was there. It seems like every week there was somebody claiming they what? something happened to him. What the heck? Uh, I, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Um, well, how about this 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 next one here that you put yeah. down, Sean? Yes, the, I, big deal for me. Carly Rae Jepsen gonna sing the national, the Canadian national anthem at the All Star game this this year. Um, I'm Wait, stoked. Isn't the All Star game in Atlanta, though. Yeah, but there, there's Canadians. There's Canadians. There. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> But, All right. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Who is a Canadian that'll be there? I don't know. I don't remember who's Canadian. Who's a Canadian All Star. 
Uh, you got Wiggins. I know Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins, and he's not an all star. <laughs> I don't know. But Carly Rae Jepsen, man, she's still around. She's about to remind the people. <laughs> all right. I mean, I think it's cool that doing the Canadian national anthem. So I'll give it a different category. I'll give it cool. Cool. <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, the Brooklyn Nets, man, the injury bug strikes Ugh. them again. Spencer Dinwiddie out three to six weeks for surgery to repair a torn ligament in his thumb. Some of these injuries seem kind of a little bit laughable, like a, your thumb's broken, yeah. but oh, it's actually a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah, three to six weeks. And how many more hits can this team take, man? I mean, and how can they keep winning, you know? Like the, I'll something... give you. I'll, I know the answer to that question. The awful Russell? division that they're oh. in. No, it's a, it's the awful division they're in, and the awful conference as a whole. That's how. Yeah, but they still have a winning record. This team has a winning record right now, even I if mean, you are you in the, the East. New York Knicks four times a year. <laughs> you play the but Atlanta still, Hawks. Four like times they should a year. be as good as the Knicks at this point, given the amount of like like injury scares they've had. The like low amount of talent they seem to have, but continue to overproduce. Yeah. So I mean, if I they mean, can, so him, we're looking at him and Carice Levert coming back sometime, maybe maybe sometime in February. Um, so if they can get both these guys back by March for that last playoff push, um, this is gonna be a solid team. Yeah, if they can get themselves to the sixth seed, I think they can make some noise in a first round playoff series. I think seven yeah, or eight, they're going, gonna get swept. And like, you you never know like what's gonna happen. Maybe the Pacers start dropping off a lot now. Um, they they mm-hmm. could even climb as high as five potentially. Yeah, I think if they go six, they can get in a playoff series with Boston or the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, probably like the Sixers um, or the Pacers. Probably not the Pacers, I think the, but I the Seventy Sixers are the most likely. Yeah, I think they can win a maybe one or two games yeah, that, there. That would be a tough one, but I a win that they make the playoffs given all the tri- like the adversity they've been through. Yeah, this is can this is this is assuming Carice Levert and Spencer. Dwayne Whitty are there. Uh, yeah, they're and they're able to come back season. at yeah. full strength, too. Right, right. Um, anyways, so hot teams, teams have caught fire this week. Oklahoma City winning the last of their six games and have firmed up their spot at the third seed in the West here. OKC alongside the curtails of uh, all-star starter Paul George. Right, yeah, Paul George averaging 32.3 points per game during this streak, um, showing that he's worth the all-star starter nod. Russell Westbrook still low-key getting triple-doubles, like, more often than not. Uh, four triple-doubles yeah. during this six-game win streak um, in impressive fashion. Uh, this team getting quality wins over the Bucks, Blazers, and 76ers um, while on this tear right now. OKC is going to be sneaky, man. Like, yeah. Russell and Paul George are making up probably one of probably the best duo in the league right now. Better than Curry and Durant? Yes, because Curry and Durant, like, obviously they're playing really well and they score a lot, but if not for Clay and Draymond and Cousins, I don't think they'd be doing as well as Russell and Paul George right now. Okay, I could see that. That's fair, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, a two-man offensive show, yeah, this it, two-man is, it is Westbrook yeah. and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams is a good cleanup guy to have. Right. But, ultimately, the, the offensive talent is – lies in Westbrook and Paul George. Um, mm-hmm. And they got Andre Robertson hopefully at some point coming at back At some here. point. There's no timetable for his return still. But, I mean, 
they haven't needed him so far this year, so he'd honestly just be icing on the cake at this point. Yeah. How about the Utah Jazz? Three-game winning streak, winning nine of their last ten. I know. Beating the Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, uh, the Timberwolves twice. This team is on a roll, and, I mean, I said it. Hey, they're hitting the easiest part of their schedule. They're (laughs) picking up. They're going to pick it up. Uh, Here they are. Here we are. (laughs) You could not have been more right, Alan. (laughs) <laughs> you, you win, you win, all right. You win this one, and uh, they did lose to the Blazers tonight. So now they've only won eight of their last ten, but still, okay. still talking about them playing fantastic basketball. Donovan Mitchell averaging thirty point four points per game, six point one assists in the last ten, and they're second in defensive efficiency um, after that struggle they had the first two months of the season. Um, second in yeah. defense since then. Um, so they're, they're somehow able to just turn their season around a complete 180, like all the time, apparently like last <laughs> season did the same thing. I guess it's just normal for them now. Yeah. They just need to hope that, um, the Rockets Spurs, uh, start dropping some games here to make that, make that climb into the top five. Cause they're not that far off, but they just can't break through that wall, that ceiling of the seven seed ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's really hard to overtake had, these West teams at this point. Everyone's just winning right now. Yeah, had they won tonight, they would have been. They would have taken. They would have. Yeah, they would have jumped the Spurs and the Rockets. Wow! Um, but because of that loss, they're they're yep, still, still stuck in seven, on that seven seed. But still not a bad place to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How about some other teams that are sinking right now? Our first sinking team of this week is the Indiana Pacers. Um, no surprise, I think, disheartened over the loss of Odalipo. Uh, but this game, this team currently sitting at a three-game losing streak um, and could start falling fr- from the Eastern Conference standings if they don't get something under control here. Right. Yeah, only a half-game lead over Boston for that four seed. And then you're talking about the Nets below them. Um, if the Nets can stay hot, then you're looking at them falling even to the sixth seed. And, man, who knows what their record's going to be for the second half of the season now. They haven't won a single game since Odalipo got hurt. And mm-hmm. so once he got hurt, you're looking at, okay, we had Tyreek Evans come in this year um, as some backcourt depth. Let's put him into the starting lineup. Well, he gets hurt in his first start in Odalipo's oh, place. No. So now who do you bring in? Let's call in the goon squad. Some dude, <laughs> some dude named Edmund Sumner. I've never heard of this okay. man in my entire life. And you know what? He might as well be in our worst performances of the week section as well. But I thought I'd mention him here because it's appropriate with the Pacers. Um, he's been averaging 25 minutes a game as the starter for the Pacers. This man comes out of nowhere and starts starting for this team. And he shoots three of 17 over the last two games and averaging four and a half points a game. And this is a guy <laughs> that's replacing Odalipo. Oh, and you wonder man. why you're when losing? You're, when you're back against the wall, <laughs> this is who you call, man. Dude, so here's my thing now. This is a team that needs a trade for Mike Conley immediately. Yeah. If they wanna, I'm, I'm if, with you yeah, on that. If they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, they need help now. And it's not even alive for today or like this year. I mean, you were talking about an injury to Odalipo that could extend well yeah. past next year. Like this knee thing so, is serious business. Yeah, so if you want to keep your franchise somewhat relevant in the next uh, one to two years, you need somebody on on there who can keep you afloat. And Mike Conley, I think, would be a good option at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
brutal for the Pacers. Been talking about another team that needs a, a Mike Connolly type of player. Uh, our other sinking team, the Orlando Magic, also on a losing streak of their own at four games, uh, their last four in a row. And they've only had one win in their last eight, and that was against the lowly Atlanta Hawks. Man, what happened to this Magic team? I'm right. surprised we haven't talked about them more in this category this year. Yeah, well, I mean, what it really boils down to is just completely inconsistent play from anyone on the team not named Vucevic. Um, yeah. Aaron Gordon will have a great night and then do nothing the next night. Um, we know we already know the story with Evan Fournier. Um, <laughs> that guy's able to bomb whenever he wants. Um, yeah. So th- this team, they need to figure out a point guard too because DJ Augustine is is – yeah, basically another Evan Fournier, just inconsistent as they come. Yeah, DJ Augustine's been in the league uh, for quite a while, and he's been a solid role player. But I've never really, and even now he's on the older side. I wouldn't. He's not really the best starting point guard option you should have. I think you kind of have. It sucks that they made they, they essentially traded Alfred Payton for nothing, and he could have <laughs> been doing so much help. Oh for my them gosh! This year. Yeah, and I mean now you're looking at the Magic at sitting at, I think twenty and thirty one, and you ask yourself, do you think you still have a chance at the playoffs? And if so, you trade whatever you need to to get Mike Conley. If not, you just got a tank. Right. Yeah. It seems like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, basically it wasn't. It was just a week and a half ago we were talking about they should make a trade for Mike Conley to get themselves back in playoff position. Yeah. And now it seems like would that really even help them out? Yeah, I mean, eight games ago. So we talk about eight games ago. um, If they try to trade for Mike Conley then, at that point, I think that adds up to they were 19 and 24. They were 19 and 24, which isn't too bad. But now you're 20 and 31. And now you're in a huge danger zone. You're at a crossroads where you got to make a decision if you're going to try to compete or tank. Yeah, so they're five and a half games from the eight seed who are the uh, the Hornets there. So five and a half games is quite the That's climb. That's a lot, yeah. Takes a drastic move. Oh. Yeah, it takes a drastic move. <laughs> Could we see this franchise yet again trading away their best player, Vucevic, uh, <laughs> oh, no. this summer. <laughs> oh, I sure hope not, man. It's just so sad. Just perennially yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with the magic. But how about we go to best performers of the week? Uh, my man, Ivaka Zublaka, <laughs> 24 points, 16 rebounds, and four blocks against the Phoenix Suns. Putting the sun down on the Phoenix Suns. Oh, man. Subak. Really increasing his trade value, too, for a potential Anthony Davis trade. <laughs> exactly. It's just a tr- It's just tryout season right it's now tra- for the Lakers. <laughs> I know. LeBron loves I'm- it. He's like, yes, keep playing really well. Get these big stats so I can trade you away. Exactly. And then on the other side, just yesterday, uh, Brandon Ingram um, – Throwing down together his best stat line I've ever yeah, seen him put together. Yeah, best game of his career, for sure. 36 points, and get this, on 80% shooting. Ooh. 80% shooting, incredible for, for a guy Ingram. who shoots a bunch of mid-range, <laughs> yeah. mid-rangers. Unbelievable. Five assists, five rebounds, and I think this just makes me happy. 80% from the free throw line. Oh, Can man. you believe it? Brandon Ingram. This is the ceiling for him. This is like, if you want Brandon Ingram to reach his max potential... He's a thirty-five and five player. You think so? A thirty-five and five player? That's really good. Yeah, well, for an entire like, season. Yeah, like that's his. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's his ceiling. Oh, like okay. that's what he is at his max potential. 
So that's, that's what he hit was if his you max can get him potential. There. Yeah. And and with the 80% free throw shooting as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sucks as a as a scorer, a top line scorer in this league, you ha- you can't be shooting for 80. I mean 80% is pretty good, but you, that can't be your that can't be your season average. What do you mean? It has to be better than that. Oh, it you has mean to be well, better than that. Eight, no, 80% is good. It's good, but it's got to be oh, better than dude, that. LeBron, man. What's LeBron's free throw percentage? Oh yeah, well, but LeBron is man. He's an ex- he's the <laughs> exception, not the rule. What is Russell Westbrook's free throw percentage right now? I think that's even worse than LeBron's. You just keep giving me all these outliers, man. James Harden, I'm just saying, Steph you don't Curry, need to be... Clay Thompson. <laughs> I'm saying it's nice to have that free throw percentage. I don't think it's necessary. I think and it's 80% necessary. is Unless... not bad. <laughs> that's a good... it's, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's not bad. But if you want, if you're talking. You know, you're t- top 10 NBA player, one of the top scorers in the league. you got to be shooting higher than 80%. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> you could get away with 80. That's that's like, that's a fair, that's good. That is good free throw shooting. True. Anyways, <laughs> anything better than 68? No, it's 63% right now for Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Though it probably oh, yeah, might awful. be 64 now. Yeah. So he won't awful. be good with 63. That, I'm not, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> But if he can yeah. get that to eighty, dude, that's big time. It's good. I wouldn't say big time. Get him, get, get. <laughs> Again, anyway, Durant, Thompson, <laughs> DeRozan, all these guys have shoot way better than eighty percent from the line. Anyways, Except, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah, let's move on. Jaleel Okafor, he gets yeah. in there again. He was there last week, and he's here again. Eleven to fifteen shooting. 27 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two blocks in a win over the Rockets on a night That's... where they didn't have Davis, they didn't have Miritich, they didn't have Alfred Payton, and they didn't have Julius Randle. Wow. Ja just comes and brings it. Yeah, this is this is a, no, it's not this stat line isn't just impressive, but just the string of games he's put together uh, right. the last week last week or so. Um I love that Twitter's just go running away with this, posting pictures of Jahil Okafor with a unibrow photoshopped <laughs> in there. Oh. Hey, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but Jahil Okafor, I mean, he's found something, and he's playing pretty solid for the for this team. That is too fantastic. I love that, the unibrow. Yeah. How about Kenneth Fareed? 21 points, 14 rebounds, 2 blocks, 0 turnovers. Um, and a win over the Raptors for the Houston Rockets. Kenneth Fareed coming in and answering the call and filling in those minutes for Clint Capella here. And he's been a good pickup for me in fantasy right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet he has. We both <laughs> wish we had Jaleel Okafor too. That's but, true. I cannot believe I missed that yeah, pick. But oh. Kenneth Fareed's not a bad consolation prize. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't so surprised that he just made such an immediate impact on this team. Yeah, I mean his job is basically rebound and just put it back. Yeah, right, put it back uh, up right on the basket. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, still very impressive. Like keeping this Rockets team competitive, and Chris mm-hmm. Paul's back for them now too, so they're good to go. Yeah. How about Dennis Smith Jr. to round this this list off? Thirteen points, ten assists, or ten rebounds, fifteen assists, and this triple double win against the New York Knicks. Um, he's those trade rumors have fallen off now, and. Dennis Smith Jr. is showing Dallas why they should keep this guy with this performance. Yeah, good. this I added this one, and it just does me proud to see a guy who I backed. I was like, don't trade Dennis Smith Jr. He can play with Doncic. I swear he can. 
And yeah. this is this is proof right here. The man is can is capable of getting triple doubles, playing alongside Luka Doncic. He's only in his second year. He's ultra athletic. You got to keep this man on your roster. Yeah, I agree. And this is another solid stat line. I mean, hey, this is what he's capable of. Uh, when those trade rumors started circling, the man had only played. I forgot what the number I named at the last podcast, but yeah. it was roughly around twenty or so games. Like, right. totally unfair. Um, sample size for this given year, but now that he's got a chance, I could see maybe not 13, 10, and 15, but some solid stat lines mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the year, but worst performers of the week. Here we go. Evan Fournier <laughs> yeah. talking about this guy, 28 <laughs> minutes, one for 10 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3 for 2 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, and 2 turnovers uh, in the loss against the Wizards. Evan Fournier, um, a solid <laughs> starter for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, here. I, thought, I thought you you would appreciate this one. I know I know how much you love hating on Evan Fournier. Yeah, he is infuriating. <laughs> so inconsistent. I mean, man, this must have been at least like negative ten fantasy points on this stat line. <laughs> oh yeah, the plus or minus must have been awful here. Oh my gosh. I- what about Gordon Hayward in the two game stretch against the Warriors and the Nets? Uh, two teams completely on the polar sides of the of the quality spectrum here going one for 11 0 for five from three to only get two points in each of these games. Um, man, yeah. I guess I could understand how, why some Celtic fans are calling for the benching of Gordon Hayward and, um, in favor or like at least the limit limiting his minutes further now. Right. Yeah. The inconsistency is just crazy. I mean, we, we touched on it earlier in the podcast and, this is this is the worst two game stretch he's had, where he's only scored two points in each, and he is fully healthy for both of these games, um, playing over yeah. twenty minutes in both of them. Um, so yeah, you do have to ask yourself, like, how long do we keep? Like, we have to keep playing this man. We've paid him so much, yeah. like we know the talents there, but how how much longer can we get away with playing a guy twenty plus minutes in a game where he's only going to score us, give us two points? Exactly, and. I mean, if you want to get serious about getting home court advantage in the playoffs, now's the time. You're at the crossroads now where you got to start looking at that type of stuff. Yeah. Man, crazy. Yeah. yeah how about Justin Holiday? <laughs> over 10, <laughs> zero points, uh, six assists, two rebounds, and three turnovers in an overtime loss against the Wolves. Justin Holiday, you know, Memphis made that trade for him, hoping he would give him a little spark on the scoring end, but <laughs> not that nice. I don't think zero is very good of a spark. I don't even no. think it's like a burned candle wick. <laughs> no, basically non-existent. Yeah. I mean, you might as well give those minutes to somebody else if you're looking for yeah. a point. They only lost by two points. All I do is make one of those shots. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Here it is. Justin Hall, they could have won that game with oh, one basket. Crazy. Yeah. But here to close the podcast up on the note of Anthony Davis on that same theme of Super Max, here's a reminder that only four players right now, as of today, have taken advantage of the Supermax. That's Steph Curry, James Harden, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. And players who have walked away or ignored it or simply just traded away to avoid the conversation <laughs> is uh, Durant, uh, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, Kawhi Leonard, and DeMarcus Cousins being the only player who was basically traded away so that that conversation was never even mm. brought up between management and his owner. So I kind of just wanted to bring this up and kind of spark the discussion of whether the Supermax is ultimately even doing what the NBA and the owners had hoped it would do. Yeah, it really doesn't seem like it, man. Someone's got to help these small market teams out. Or maybe not. Maybe that's just how it is. 
maybe, maybe the league's just gonna be run by by the biggest markets um, kind of like how baseball is always run by the Dodgers and the Yankees seemingly and right. I mean the cap space is there like the players can choose to sign with whoever they want and you know you want to live in LA um, you can't exactly get stopped money isn't everything right and I mean here's the list of players who chose to ignore it or walk away from it uh, and these guys had it sitting at their table if they wanted to sign it, but chose not to. And you're right. That's an interesting point there. Maybe um, it's just not meant to be for some small market teams. And you brought up baseball. I give you the English Premier League. Oh, yeah. uh, most of those soccer clubs are based in Manchester and London. <laughs> right. That's just. I, I think that's just how sports are going. Big cities get all the all the recognition. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how where the NBA del- uh, drives that conversation. Um, and maybe we'll touch points on that on a, on a future episode. But for now, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, have a good week. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And tune in week in and week out when we break down NBA rumors and news. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.